let's do it. Um, this message actually came to me recently. I was talking to a friend, and we were discussing um, just the message of what has become the message of our lives here, the message of the church. And, uh, and this moment came where we were talking about grace, and for years my dad has said this, and, um, and it just, you know how you hear something said over and over again, and then finally it hits you. You know, the revelation of it hits you. And in this moment, the revelation hit me, and I want to I wanna show you this picture God gave me. He kind of messed up my Easter Sunday plans. I had a whole other message prepared. And we were gonna, I told you about it. I said, we're going to be speaking on take courage, and, and we kind of put that to the back burner because God gave me something else. And so this morning, I, want, I have this door here, and you're going to understand what it means in a moment, but I want this picture to, to leave with you today and for you to never forget it. And what I really believe is this. I believe that this message that God has given this church this morning is going to probably be the most important message you will ever see or hear. I really believe that. And I believe that this message that you're going to see this morning will actually go around the world. It may not go with me, but it's going to go with somebody. I really believe that. I believe that what you're getting ready to see is a missing understanding or a missing picture in the body of Christ that God gave me. And so I want to show it to you and do my best to do it justice here this morning. And if I don't, you'll just have to pick it up anyways. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, verse 1, you're going to see some similarities in three or four scriptures I'm going to read back to back. They all kind of parallel pretty close to each other. It says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I'm teaching you to perform so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Listen to the statutes and the judgments which I'm teaching you to perform, so you may live and you may go in and take possession of the land. Just listen to that for a moment. Deuteronomy 8.1, all the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to you to give to your forefathers. All the commandments be careful to do. Deuteronomy 11.8. You shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today so that you may be strong and go in and possess the land into which you're about to cross to possess it. This picture that we see over and over again in the Old Testament is this. And this is really the tension that the Jewish people lived in. It was the tension of that there was this promise, there is this possession, there's this inheritance that's waiting for them, this ancestral inheritance that was waiting for them through not just their forefathers, but promised to them by God. And that in order to access it, in order to go into it, in order to possess that land, they must perform, they must live up to, they must remember, and they must keep a set of laws, a set of statutes. And this was the everyday life of the Jew, and it looked like this. Let me show you. It was as I had a good day, as I maybe helped a lady or two cross the street, even the one who cussed me out, I just looked at her and I said, bless you, darling. Right? Because southern accents are always more polite. That door, that access to the promises of God would begin to open. We'd see a little glimmer of hope. As I kept those commandments, kept the Sabbath, kept those hundreds of things that God spoke through Moses, 
that his people were to keep, that door would come open just a little bit more. And just oftentimes as that glimmer of hope that I might possess what's been promised to me and my family would happen, just as I thought it was within reach, I'm driving down the streets of, streets of Jerusalem and some new chariot driver who just got his chariot license <laughs> cuts me off in the streets of Jerusalem and I said a four-letter Hebrew word that my parents told me to never say. And all that I'd worked for to keep the statutes and the commandments, this is what would happen. I start all over. And then the next day I would determine that I will keep the law, I will keep the statutes because this is what it says. It says that in order for me to possess what God has promised me and my family to go into that place, that land, I must keep the law. And so it would happen again. This door's a little wonky, deal with it. It's all right. It's not made to do this. And the door would begin to swing open. And maybe, you know, who knows? thought to myself, I can slip an extra hundred in my pocket. My boss will never know. We close. And this was the tension they lived in. The tension of never truly entering into that promised land. Never truly having the inheritance and the promises fulfilled. Because it was based on their ability to perform. It was based on their ability to behave. It was based on their ability to follow the law. The problem is, is that the law, according to the scriptures, has no power to perfect. Which means if it took perfection, if it took walking rightly in order to access what God had for you, they were in this constant tension of getting the door slammed in their face because of man's sin and mistake. Because of man's inherently wicked nature that we could not keep the law. And if we could, it wasn't for long. And it would slam over and over and over again. And this was the soundtrack of most people's journey of faith. First Kings 6.12 says, concerning this house which you are building, if you walk in my statutes and execute my ordinances and keep all of my commandments by walking in them, then I will carry out my word with you, which I spoke to David, your father. See, there was, please stay with me, because this is something I hope you will never forget. There was an inheritance promised to David. And there was a key that was given to David. The city of Jerusalem is actually called the city of David. And the city of Jerusalem means the city of peace. The city of Jerusalem represented the place of peace and rest and pasture for God's people. And that key was given to David. That key was given, I just want to point this out if you don't mind for a moment here. The key, the promise, the inheritance that was passed down through generations to David and through David was passed to and through a murderer and an adulterer. The promise that would eventually flow to Jesus himself came through a murderer and an adulterer. Let's put that in our little religious pipes and smoke it. <laughs> Jesus trusted the inheritance of Jesus to a murderer and an adulterer. Yeah. 
Can I say that again? I don't think it's registering with some of us. It can't be true. To a murderer and adulterer, he entrusted the key of the inheritance of the son of the living God to flow through and pass through. But up until this point, and even further past this point, it was these things, keeping and executing and keeping and walking in, that allowed the word, the promise that had been given to David to be available and accessed by his people. Something changed. Let me show you. You might recognize this. As the prophet began to prophesy of the coming of the Savior, this is what he said. He said in Isaiah 22, 22, Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder, and he will open a door that no man can shut, and he will shut a door that no man can open. See, there came a point in time that was prophesied by Isaiah himself where the key that accessed the inheritance and the promise of God, which is rest and pasture and provision and hope and salvation and all of the things that we've been talking about for the last, well, forever, but intensely for the last year, that flow through grace, that were waiting on the other side of the door, Isaiah said there's coming a man, a Messiah, that will come, and the key that accesses these things will rest upon his shoulder. The promise to David and his offspring, this key will rest upon his shoulder. And when he puts that key in the lock, when he dies and he rises again and he puts that key in the lock, he will open a door that no man can shut. Let me show you what this looks like. No. Last service, I almost dropped it. But if I do, it's going to fall on Gretchen. And she's, she's, she's got fast hands. You can hold this. What ended up happening is when Jesus came in Revelation, it says this about him. It says, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. People oftentimes, when they talk, Critics of the message of grace, which if you haven't figured out by now, we're one of those churches who preach the finished work of the cross and the grace of Jesus unapologetically. 
We don't believe in beating people up with scripture. We believe that scripture is life. We believe that it is life-giving. We believe that you don't condemn people into the kingdom, that it's the goodness of God that draws them. Come on, do you believe that, that it's his loving kindness? And so in this picture, we see this. It is not that grace says it's okay with what you do with your life. It's grace doesn't say just go and live your life crazy and it's fine. That's not the message of grace. Grace says this. Grace says no matter what you've done, what you're going to do, or what you did, the door is still open. And what happens in our life is this. We fail. We mess up because we're human. And if you are here today and you're like, it's been a while since I failed. I'm like, you just failed right now, but I <laughs> Failure and shortcomings and disappointments and regrets are a part of life. And every person in here, no matter how pretty their dress is or how sharp their suit is, has experienced places in their life where they thought, I don't know if I can get any lower than this. That's the reality. Some of the people that are the most cleaned up are the most messed up. So no matter, this is what the message of the cross and the grace of Jesus says. It says no matter what you do or you're going to do or you have done, when that door comes closing down because of your mistake and your failure and your regret and it's getting ready to slam and you start all over again, this is what happens. The cross keeps it open. And you slam it again. And the cross keeps it open. I'm going to break this door and I think it's a good thing over and over and over again. And, and I saw this picture when God gave me this. He told me this. He said, he said, learn how to put the cross up. He showed me this picture. He said, it's a bloodstained cross. And every time the door of our failures hits it, it gets marked with the blood to remind us that it can never be closed. I saw a door that had these red marks on it. I tried to simulate it with, I don't know what this is, but anyways, it's not blood. I tried to simulate it, but every time that door would hit that cross, I saw this picture of it being marked by the blood. So the next time we came up thinking, oh no, I've blown it. My life is a mess. I'm screwed up. God doesn't want anything to do with me. We look at it. Oh yeah, I remember that's, oh yeah, I did that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh Uh-huh, and I remember when I messed up there. Yep, I remember when the cross made a mark on it here and there and there. And all we see is a blood-stained door that has been marked by a cross that has already paid the price for your sin and your mistake. And this is what it says in John 10, 9. It says, I am the door, and if anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And this is what I want you to see, church, and we need this revelation for ourselves and for our loved ones. Whether you're in or you're out, the door's still open. Sometimes I feel like I'm in. Sometimes I feel like, oh God, I am just soaring for Jesus. And sometimes I feel like a dirty rat. And guess what? The door's still open. It's open, and it's open, and it's open. And you can ignore the fact that it's open, but it's open. Yeah, but one time I was in, I went to Sunday school, and they told me this. They lied to you. The door's open. I saw this guy on television. He said this. He lied to you. It's open. The door has been open, and no man, no religious crap. Can I say that in church? No nonsense can shut a door that he's open. Are you with me? 
says this in uh, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There is one way, and it is through the door that has been opened by Jesus. It is through Christ that we enter in. And I, and I want you to see this for a second. God, God gave me this as literally in about three minutes, the whole picture came together. I knew it was from him. Because I can't even, like, order breakfast, you know, in three minutes. I is. <laughs> He gave me this picture. He showed me. And because I, I, I was like, okay, Lord, I know the door that you've opened that no man can shut. I know what that is. I see that picture. But what is the door that you've shut that no man can open? Because it says it in Scripture. I found it in Revelation. Whoops, 118. It says, in the living one, I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. I'm about to come out of my skin, and it's not going to be pretty. Listen to me for a moment. He has, the Bible says that when he died, that, 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 that he, he, some people believe it, some people don't, but let's just look at this picture for a moment, that he went to hell, and he took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I want you to see this picture. Behind you is a door, and it's marked death, hell, and the grave. And when you believe in Jesus and you walk through this door, that door gets shut and no man, including you, can open it. That might mess with your theology, but he has shut that door and no one can open it. So the assignment of death on your life, the assignment of hell upon your life, the assignment of shame and pain and regret, God comes and he shuts that door and every time the enemy says, but I can open, he goes, you remember these keys I took from you, you bum? You remember these? You can't open that door. Because I have shut it and no one will open. And then he turns you around and points you in the direction of that open door where the cross is. And he says, here's a door. His name is Jesus. If you walk through him, he is the way. He is the pathway to me. And if you walk through that door, whether you're in or whether you're out, the door will remain open. And on the other side is pasture, is rest, is provision, is all of the heaven come to earth that we talk about. If you will enter through that door, it is waiting for you. Do you see this picture today? And no one can shut it. We're going to finish with this video. And then I want to give you an opportunity to walk through that open door today. To walk through the open door that he has for you. To put aside bad theology and lies and tormenting things that have been spoken over your life. That you have somehow given up the opportunity to ever live in his promises. Let me show you this video, if we can dim the lights. No other king could vanquish the war horse or silence the warrior's rage riding the lowly back of a donkey. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, with a reign of grace and a king.
kingdom of peace. No other king could give his life for the redemption of rebels, his wealth to welcome the outcast. Jesus is that king, the king of glory, son of the living God. Not just another king, not just another prophet, not just another teacher. He was the one the world had been waiting for. The one to deliver us from captivity, the son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim good news to the poor. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, fulfilled the commandments, and reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent, the one prefigured to Noah in the flood, the one promised to Abraham, the one guaranteed to Moses before he died, the one promised to David during his reign, the one revealed to Isaiah as a suffering servant, the one predicted through the prophets and prepared for through John the Baptist. He is the Father's Son, Savior of the world, and substitute for our sins, more loving, more holy, and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. He is our Jesus, and there is no other king like him. He is our God, our glory, our victorious Savior. There is no other king like him. There is no other king. I want to do this today as we close. Today's not about manipulating you into a decision so that we can count you on Easter. Today is about asking you to respond to something you know is happening in your heart. I said this on, as this revelation unfolded this week, we were talking in our staff meeting about it on Friday. And I said, you know, as believers, sometimes we feel like we're in and sometimes we feel like we're out. Unfortunately, we've been taught that when we feel like we're out, that we somehow have given up our salvation. Or that we've lost something. It's not the way the kingdom of God works. When you receive what Jesus has done, you are saved and your ticket has been punched on the other side of this door is all that God has promised you. The peace, the provision, the pasture. And I want to tell you this today, if you if you think this is crazy, I understand. But you cannot deny the picture of a Savior who came, who bore the weight of our sin and mistake upon his shoulders yet he knew no sin so that he could receive the key that would unlock a door that no man could ever shut. See, when I approach this door today, I don't approach it with my resume of morality. I don't approach this door today with a list of things that I've done well. 
I approach this door today dependent on what has been done and realizing the only thing keeping this door open for me and allowing me to walk through it is the cross and the grace poured out for me. That's all that's keeping this door open. It's not my behavior. It's not my shouldas, my couldas, or my wouldas. It's not what if I would have done this or what if I could have done that. It's not who I've disappointed or who's thrilled with me. It's the cross. It's not about you. I don't approach this with my behavior. I approach this with faith that what has been done has been done for me. And there's an open door waiting. So I want to do this today. I want you just to bow your heads with me. We're not going to make a spectacle out of this. You're not a trophy this morning for me or this church. You're a human being. Somebody that God has created. And I place upon you this morning the opportunity to say yes, to make April 1st, 2018 a day that you'll never forget. A day where maybe your misconceptions about God Maybe you thought he was angry or disappointed that they were corrected once and for all where you realized, oh wait, it's his goodness and loving kindness that's waiting for me at the store. It's drawing me to it. So what I want you to do today is if you want to receive what Jesus has done, if you want to walk through that open door, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, if you want to say this morning, yeah, that's me. I need that in my life. And actually what I did in the first service is there's no pressure, but those that raised their hands and said that prayer with me, I said, you know, if you'd like, when we're done praying, you can walk through this door as a sign, as a symbol. And many of them did. Many of them wanted to make that kind of public declaration for their own life. You don't have to do that this morning, but I, I do want you to respond this way. If you want what I'm talking about, if you want to acknowledge that Jesus opened a door that no man can shut through the cross and you want to say yes to him if you want to say yes to that I want you just with every head bowed if we can just to raise your hand thank you over here thank you thank you guys back here thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you guys in the back I see you over here thank you thank you awesome just raise your hand together let's do it every person here that wants to say yes do that for me Thank you. This is what we're going to do this morning. I want to do it. We're going to pray exactly what I preached today. We're going to pray together. Let's just do it. And, and those of you that didn't raise your hand, you can pray it too. How's that? We'll do it together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've opened a door that no man can shut. Thank you that your cross has paid the price to close the door on my sin and mistake. I admit that I have not, I don't have what it takes to open that door. I am dependent on you and what you've done for me on the cross. Thank you that you paid that price. And thank you that three days later, you conquered death and shut that door that I would never have to go back. I receive and believe that what you've done for me is true and is for my life. And I walk through that door today and say yes to you as my Savior. Amen. As we sing this song before we go.
If you'd like to be bold this morning and stand to your feet, and you said, I, this morning I said yes to Jesus. I said that prayer. I knew there was something happening in my heart. And you want to do that as a symbol this morning. You want to walk through this open door as they sing this song. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I'm going to move this cross over to the side as this open door stays here. And you can come and make that public profession today. Let's do it. Yeah. Come on, let's celebrate them.